Hi, and welcome to the Movement and Mindfulness Podcast with me, Erica Webb of Erica Webb Yoga and Pilates. In this podcast, I, along with my guests, will explore what it means to move as an act of self-kindness and self-discovery. We'll look at the ways movement, mindset, and mindfulness support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I truly believe that movement has the ability to expand our capacity to show up for the things that are important to us. And I'm here to help you embrace the idea of movement as a powerful tool for wellness, rather than just another thing you think you should be doing. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I'm Erica and I hope that wherever you are, you are doing well. Today, I want to talk about this idea of move it or lose it. And you've probably heard that before. Or use it or lose it is actually what I meant to say, but move it or lose it is actually probably more more applicable. So we've heard this, this saying before, right? Use it or lose it. And I want to talk a little bit about what that looks like in our everyday lives when it comes to movement. One of the things that I think most of us can relate to is sitting at the computer for hours on it. Whether you are studying, working, scrolling, you know, watching something, we all know what it's like to sit in one position and and do really repetitive movements. I've spent, you know, most of my adult life at a computer most days and you know, it can lead to a lot of discomfort. And I want to talk a little bit about why that is and how this idea of of use it or lose it kind of applies to our movement practice and why we might want to use this information to kind of fuel us forward to move well and to move more often. So when we sit at a computer or when we sit doing anything or stand, you know, in one place for a long time, perhaps you know, another way to think about this is somebody standing at the supermarket checkout, standing in the same place for hours on end, using probably the same hand to do the same job over and over again. And you can extrapolate this out to whatever it is that you do. What can happen in those instances is that we're using our body in a very narrow range. And I shared um, an image on on social media during the week that was of a pathway that has been worn into sort of the bushland track near my house. So where I live, I'm really lucky to have this beautiful bushland kind of just a, a block away. And through that bushland, there's various different tracks that have been kind of pounded into the earth over time. Some of them were intentional. Some of them have been made and created by people just repeatedly going over that same path. And it's very much like that in your body as well. So when we pave a path, that path in our kind of brain gets paved in a similar way. It's like we're digging tracks into our into our system that get clearer and clearer with time. But what happens is when we only use the same track day after day, moment after moment, the other paths that were once, you know, like this open field become very overgrown. And what can happen is we believe we no longer have access to those. And one good example of this is, you know, when you see somebody who has become very stooped over and, you know, quote unquote, can no longer stand upright or if you've ever had that experience where you get to the point where you can't lift your arm as high as you used to be able to, has that capacity actually disappeared or is it kind of just in the undergrowth because we haven't used that path? 
And so this is sort of what we mean by use it or lose it or move it or lose it is those pathways kind of get blurry. And in somatics, they call this sensory motor amnesia. So where, you know, there's this temporary forgetting of that capacity. And that temporary temporary forgetting can feel like tension. It can feel like an inability to move beyond a certain range. And I think that we've we've been done a disservice by being led to believe that that's just a consequence of getting older and a consequence of our modern lives and that we have nothing, you know, there's not much we can do about it. There's so much we can do about it and it is not inevitable. It's inevitable that we will feel tension. It's inevitable that if we sit for hours at a, at a time doing one thing that we will experience tension. But it doesn't have to be inevitable that those pathways disappear from us forever. Now, one of the things that that I like to do in my work is to recognize that these pathways tend to follow us wherever we go. And there's a reason for this. When it comes to movement, it's really good to be efficient, right? So if you had to think through every single movement you were going to make before you made it, you wouldn't get very far. You would be pretty static because it would take so much energy, you'd be exhausted, you'd need a nap. So when it comes to movement, your body likes efficiency. And if you teach it over a number of hours, years, decades, that this is how you move, it's going to make it more and more efficient to keep doing that same thing. So if you, you know, uh, walk the same way all the time, if you, which we do generally, um, you know, you spend hours doing the same activity, that will become more efficient. That will become more habitual and all the other options become less accessible. And we tend to take those habits with us everywhere. And so this is my thing, I suppose, with yoga. (laughs) That kind of came out wrong. This is my thing with yoga. This is my thing with movement because sometimes we'll take ourselves off to a class or we'll start doing videos on a certain type of movement practice. And we don't realize that the very habits we're trying to kind of um, temper by doing these other things we are bringing with us to that practice. So if you have a tendency to hold your shoulders in a very specific sort of way, or you have a tendency to have like a bossy back, your back tends to to always be in a, in an arched position and kind of takes over the movement from your hips or your shoulders because that, that movement capacity has decreased. We take those habits with us everywhere we go. So you might be doing a yoga class and thinking, wow, I'm moving through all these new poses and I'm, I'm trying all this new range. But the reality is that without the intention and attention that we need to kind of like move beyond our habits, what we're really doing is playing out our movement habits just in a different place. And so without really meaning to, we can be embedding these pathways more and more and more just in different contexts. And so when it comes to, I guess, like making our way through that bushland and being like, where are these other paths? It's more than just trying a new modality. It's actually about bringing a level of awareness, intention and attention that gives us kind of this space to recognize these movement habits and then to move beyond them. Because it's not going to necessarily be easy. 
If we've used our body in a certain way for years and years and years, which most of us have, this applies to me just as much as it does to you, then, you know, it's not like we can just be like, oh, I'm just going to use this range today, even though I haven't used it for 30 years. Your, your brain isn't going to like that. It's going to be like, whoa, what is happening? This can't be a good thing. And so, you know, we'll probably experience some tension around that. And so part of this is, is understanding the way that our brain influences the way that we move. And your brain wants to just keep us safe, right? Number one priority is keep this being safe because when we're safe, we're alive. And when we're alive, we can continue to do the things that we want to do in the world. And so we, you know, part of the process of finding these pathways. So if you've had a stiff lower back for for 20 years, or you've had a sore right shoulder for 30 years or six months, part of the process of kind of uncovering these pathways through yoga or somatics or Pilates or any other modality you want to put in there, part of that process is teaching our brain that we have control in that space. And this is why oftentimes you'll try something for the first time and it's like, oh, this doesn't work. I can't do it. Because we're trying to go from zero to a hundred and expecting our body to give us, you know, and our brain to give us the capacity to do that thing. But we actually have to prove that that is something that, you know, your brain feels comfortable to give you access to. Now, I know that this is potentially a fairly new way of thinking about things for many people, but this is how our body is controlled. Your nervous system makes a decision about what you will have access to. So you can build all the strength in the world, but if your nervous system thinks that it's not wise to give you the access to it, you won't have it. Likewise, you know, um, I'm just thinking what I just said is maybe a little bit a little bit misleading, but how much capacity you have to do anything in any given time is going to be a combination of so many different factors. How much did you sleep last night? What have you been putting in your body? Are you stressed? Are you worried about something? As you step onto that yoga mat and the teacher says, we're about to do, you know, half moon pose, um, three-legged dog and, and wheel, does your mind go into, holy crap, I can't do any of those things. That information too is going to give information to your brain that is going to make a decision about what you have access to in that moment. If you are fearful of it, there's a very good chance that your your brain is going to register that and go, hmm, this might not be a good idea. So there's so many factors involved. And so when we are looking to uncover pathways that we have lost because we weren't using them, we don't want to go from zero to a hundred. We want to go from zero to one, one to two, two to three. And, and be progressive because what happens is when our brain then says, hey, I don't I, like we've got this. She's got this. She is moving in a way that is clear and controlled and building strength and building flexibility. I trust that this is now OK. Then we get access to those paths that we thought we'd lost. And when we have access to paths that we thought we lost, tension decreases. You're not tense because your body is failing you. You're tense because it is responding to the environment that it's in. 
If we sit at the computer all day and we expect our body not to get tense, we, we're not understanding how our body works. That's a little bit like not eating from midnight the night before until three days later and wondering why the heck you got hungry. <laughs> you wouldn't question that. You'd be like, well, I'm hungry because I haven't eaten. Likewise, you're tense because you haven't moved. You haven't moved in a way that is robust and taking in the, in a, into account of how much capacity your body has. If we go back to that kind of eating analogy, it's a little bit like if you ate apples all the time and that was the only thing you ever ate, you wouldn't feel very good. And you could say, but well, but I'm eating. What's the big deal? It's we know, you know, we all know more about nutrition than that. We all know that apples wouldn't sustain us for a long term. You know, it's not going to be a good outcome. Likewise, you might be like, yeah, but I do move. I get up from my computer and I go and make a cup of tea and I come back or, you know, any, like we all have to move, right, just to get through our day. But all of that movement, that incidental movement is happening within the confines of your habits. And so we have to intentionally move beyond our habits to move beyond our tension. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It truly doesn't have to be complicated and it truly doesn't have to take a lot of time. But it's about, you know, recognizing that when you've been sitting at your computer for hours, you've you've probably had your shoulders fixed in a very similar place. So how can you move in a way that is different to that? How can you move your your legs and your hips and your spine in a way that is different to the way that you have been loading them the whole time you've been sitting at your computer? Because your body is going to respond to the the forces that are being placed on it. And if the forces are always the same, then your body is just going to adapt to that same sameness. And so we want to be moving. We want to be moving well. And this is why I love the concept of movement snacks because movement snacks can take such a small amount of time, you know, literally from a minute to, to however many minutes you want to take. And they introduce novelty into your day because this is not about just going, okay, I'm going to sit for eight hours straight at my computer and then I'm going to go do a one hour yoga class. That's great. <laughs> but those eight hours at your, at your desk without any movement, are, are probably not going to be undone by one hour at the end of the day. What is going to help is responding to those cues, those signs that your body is giving you by feeling tense, by feeling uncomfortable to move. And we get in our own way because we make it complicated. We think, I don't have an hour in it right now to go and do a yoga class. I don't know what to do. We do know, we do know what to do. We just have to move. And we don't need an hour. We just need a minute. And we don't need to change into our yoga pants. We just get to do it in the clothes that we're in. You could do this in a ball gown. I don't think I know anyone who's currently wearing ball gowns. Most of us are wearing tracksuit pants still. Maybe there's a little business on the top, party on the bottom. But, you know, we can do this no matter what we are wearing, no matter where we are, no matter what resources we have, because it's just, we, we just need to make it simpler for ourselves. That was a lot. Do you have questions? I'm here for them. Come and find me over on Instagram or send me an email. Let me know if you have questions. I, I am so conscious of the fact that a podcast is very much a one-way street. You know, I'm just here talking to my microphone, into my computer, hoping that what I'm saying makes sense, hoping that it is helpful, hoping that it inspires you to take, you know, 
to be kind to yourself. I was going to say to take care of yourself, but that feels very heavy for me sometimes. But to be kind, you know, I hope this inspires you to be kind because there's kindness in moving well. It's what allows us to move through our day with less tension. And the thing that I want to drive home every single time is that moving with less tension, experiencing life with less physical knotted tension in your body does more than just help you feel physically better. It helps you to show up for the things that matter to you, whether that's being able to continue to show up at your computer to do your work or, you know, not being in such constant discomfort that you can actually, you know, get down on the floor and do the things you want to do. Like, I don't know, give your kid a piggyback or whatever it might be. It increases our capacity for life because we feel better. We're not constantly in our heads and in our bodies sort of like fighting with tension. And this is the thing. It's not a fight, right? We're not viewing our body as this thing that's letting us down. Like when we really sort of open our eyes to this, we realize that all those things where we're like, oh my God, my body is letting me down. It's so tense. I can't believe. We recognize that, hang on, (laughs) that's actually my body saying, hello, I need a little bit of movement, please. I need you to pay attention here. And we haven't been taught that. We haven't been taught to listen to the cues from our body that kind of just just gently nudge us in the direction of taking better care. I do hope that this encourages you to, you know, just, just to listen it out for those cues because they're there. They happen all the time. And we just have to to become more responsive in a way that recognizes the inherent kindness in that, in a way that is not laden with shoulds or self-punishment um, or making ourselves a problem for the fact that we've ignored this for 20 years or whatever. This is all just an invitation towards more kindness, always. And it's just an invitation, right? <laughs> there is no there is no push. There is no force here. So please do let me know if you have questions. I am here for them. I love chatting. So if you've got questions, if anything that I've said just doesn't make sense or you don't agree with it or you do agree with it or whatever, come over and find me. I'd love to hear from you. You'll find links in my bio to connect. Um, and in the little outro that you'll hear in a minute, you'll hear more about um, how you can work with me, how you can connect with me, how you can get some free content as well. And I would love to hear from you. And the other thing you're about to hear in the outro, but I'm going to say it again anyway, is if you've got the time, I would be so grateful if you just head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. One of the things that uh, I haven't been terribly good at is, you know, marketing myself and marketing the podcast, but I know that the content in the podcast is helpful for so many people. And so your reviews make such a difference. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would take the time to leave one. All right, that's it from me. I hope the week ahead is a kind one. Choose kindness every opportunity you have, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Movement and Mindfulness podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, maybe share it with a friend who would love it too. And I'd also be so grateful if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It makes such a difference to get that feedback. And if you're over on social media, why not come and find me? You'll find me at Erica Web Yoga on both Instagram and Facebook. 
and over on my website you'll find access to some free resources including free classes that will help you to move well feel well and most importantly move with kindness over there you'll also find more information about joining me inside the mindful movement virtual studio which is my home of kind movement yoga pilates and somatics to help you move well feel well and all with kindness until next time i hope you're having a great day i'll talk to you again soon